Get ready for a transformation. But in this kingdom, we start growing. We are replacing those carnal thoughts with the word of God. Our minds are renewed to the word of God. At that time, glory, glory, glory. So when we are speaking, we are speaking from knowledge. Or you wake up and say, Hey, bonga fish, angari. Glory to God. I took it in the dream. I will never take it in life. In the name of Jesus. Say, I'll never be poor. Ah! Jesus Christ. Pay attention to everything I'm going to show you. Another life-changing moment with Apostle Peters. All right, we started a series. How many of you remember? Of course, you should remember. What's the title? Living the Supernatural Life. Blessed be the name of the Lord. These are months of the supernatural, and the Lord said to teach living the supernatural life. And we have been on that, and uh, we've been soaring high and even higher by the power of the Holy Ghost. Glory to God. Now, to live the supernatural life, you must understand that that kind of living is not for babes. That kind of living is not for babes. That kind of living is for someone who has grown up spiritually. And that's why it's important you grow up spiritually. If you remain as a babe, then you cannot live that supernatural life effectively. Why? Because your face, your face will be shaky. And when you're going to command things in the realm of the spirit, your face must not be shaky. You see that? That's why. I wanted to turn to 1 Corinthians. I want to show you something. 1 Corinthians, I mentioned briefly about it on, on Thursday. 1 Corinthians chapter number 3. From verse 1, it says, And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. And I told you the word, the Greek word for babe, what is that word? How many of you remember? Huh? Nepios. Nepios is the Greek word. It means one that is immature spiritually and immature Christian. That's what it means. Okay, so he says, Paul is talking. He says, I could not speak unto you as unto spiritual. So there are those that are called spiritual and there are those that are called carnal. He says, these carnal ones are also known as babes. They can also be babes. Now, I heard somebody talk one time. He says, uh, she said, she said, there are no carnal Christians. That's not true. There are carnal Christians. Now, everyone who's not born again is carnal. It means to be sensuous. It means to act, live, talk, do according to your senses. Your five physical senses. A lot of times you make mistakes. You think you're talking about sexual immorality. No, that's just one of it. One of being carnal, one of the ways of being carnal. Okay, to be carnal actually means to act according to your senses. For instance, if as a Christian you are feeling headaches and you start acting accordingly and you according to that and you're saying, Oh well, I have headaches, then according to the word of God, you are carnal. Alright, so sometimes Christians that are carnal don't think they are. They call uh, that's Kana. Is that why you calling him Kana? Don't you see him with several girls? Is a Kana Christian? No. To be Kana means to be sensuous. It means 
to act according to your senses. Now, in this case, Paul was talking, he wasn't talking about talking to these folks because they were immoral sexually. In fact, let, let's read it. You see it. Why he was calling them carnal. He said he couldn't talk as unto spiritual. There are ways we talk to spiritual men. There are ways we talk to carnal men. We don't speak the same language. For instance, if I'm dealing generally, maybe we're having a program to say, all right, now I'm telling you this. God is going to heal you today. Everybody says, amen. Well, that, that's good. That's acceptable for considering some other people's level but in reality when you come to the details and you grow up spiritually god doesn't want to heal you because god doesn't heal anybody and that's a fact so what does he do he doesn't do anything actually let's just be honest god does not do anything why because he has done everything he doesn't do anything anymore he did everything in Christ Jesus. Is he healing you once? He's done it already. Is he wealth? He's all in Christ Jesus. He's done it. That's why Jesus came. So when Jesus came, Jesus did everything. So what we do is that we receive what God has made available in Christ Jesus. But, you know, to help people understand it and to come down to their level, we say, God, we heal you today. And say, Amen. And something happens like they say, oh, 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 I was healed. I was healed. He wasn't actually healed that day. He was healed over 2,000 years ago. He just received that healing. Okay, so what, what we come down to people's level to communicate. But outside that, when you're dealing with those who have come up spiritually, you don't talk to them like that. They understand that God is not going to heal them they've been healed in fact to come to the higher higher class you've passed the level of i was healed you've come to the realm of eternal life and we, we, we may touch that today glory to god so it's talking to these kind of christians now let's move to the second verse uh, maybe i should read again one into um, other verses and I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. I have fed you with milk. Now, that's the food for the babes. In the word of God, there's something called the milk of the word. The milk of the word. The milk of the word is where we talk to babes and we tell them, don't sin. Don't sin again. All those kind of teaching, they are for babes in Christ. And when we are done teaching you about sin, I bet you, you will cry home. You will so cry because you feel bad for yourself. But when you come up, you go to another kind of teaching. So he says, I have fed you with milk and not with meat. So the next group of food is meat. That's for those who have come up beyond the babyish level. Then after that one, there is another one. Strong meat. That's for those who are really, really up there. But he talks about two here. For either two, you were not able to be a heat, neither yet now are you able. For, verse 3, for ye are yet carnal. For whereas there is among you envy and strife. Did you see why I call them carnal? They are, they envy each other in the church of God. Can you imagine? Strife, the quarrel, divisions. 
Are ye not carnal and walk as men? Hmm? Did you hear that? He said, Are you not carnal and walk as men? Another translation says, As men, men. First, he called them carnal because they were hungry with each other and all that. You didn't hear anything about sexual uh, immorality there. Just talked about because they have divisions and strife, he called them carnal. That's one. Then he says, You guys are carnal, you're working as men. I'm not translations as men, men. That means, according to the scriptures, that means they were not supposed to work as men. Now, the better way to put it is, they were not supposed to work as men, men. What does that mean? As ordinary men. In Christianity, we don't live, walk, talk, and do as ordinary men. Why? Because the day you were born again, you cease to be ordinary. You didn't make yourself so. God made you so. That was his dream. That was the father's dream. He wanted to reproduce on earth those who have gone beyond being subject to the elements of this world. Ah, let me show it to you. Galatians. Because some of you, the way you're looking at me now, say, is that in the Bible? I want to show it to you. I want to show you. You know, this is not a teaching. Uh, uh, they are now trying to make us gods. Who's trying to make you a god? The Bible already says ye are gods. Now, if you find out or you don't find out, that's left to you. It doesn't change what the word what is in the word. Galatians. Chapter number four. We read it the other time, so. But I want to show you this little part of it. Verse one. Now I say that the heir, as long as he's a child, differeth nothing from his servant, though he be lord of all. And I already explained that. But he's under tutors and governors until the time appointed of the father. Even so, we, when we were children, even so, we, when we were nepios, were in bondage under the elements of this world. You see that under the element when we were nepios, when we were babes, because the Greek word for children here is nepios he says we were in bondage under the elements of this world in other words when everybody else had typhoid we had it why we were still babes when everybody else had something flying we had it why we we're still babes he says why we were babes when we were babes we were subjects under the elements subjects in bondage under the elements of this world that means when you grow up beyond that babyish level, you're not supposed to be subjects. Otherwise, Christ in you is not the hope of glory. Do you know the meaning of that? Christ in you, the hope of glory? Do you know what it means? Do you know what it means for Christ to live on the inside? Do you know what it means for you to carry the Holy Spirit on the inside of you? You think it's some joke? Now, you tell me. Let me ask you an honest question. And I want you to answer me. Do you truly, you... Do you truly carry the Holy Spirit on the inside of you? Do you? How many of you carry the Holy Spirit on the inside? If you don't, just be honest. But if you do carry the Holy Spirit, wave your hand. I don't know. Okay. Thank you. Now, for those of you who didn't wave your hand, it's one or two things. Is that you are not sure you carry the Holy Spirit or you don't know you carry the Holy Spirit one? Or you are not born again. Do you get that? Because if you're born again, you carry the Holy Ghost. Why? 
The Holy Spirit is the one that makes you one with God. And the Bible says he's the seal for your salvation. Okay, so that's very simple. But if you're not sure, I want to tell you now, you do carry the Holy Ghost. That's another teaching. And you can ask for the tapes and the message is there. Okay, they'll give it to you on your phone on the Holy Spirit so you understand that. Every child of God has the Holy Spirit on the inside. That's why, you say, that's why we say Christ in you. What is Christ in you? You think it's Jesus? It's not Jesus. Jesus is not living in you. Jesus is in heaven. Jesus cannot live in anybody. He only lives in you by his word. So Jesus doesn't live in you. Why? Because he has his own body. So he lives in his own body. But when we say Jesus lives on the inside of you, we mean his word is living in you. If you have that Holy Spirit, you are not ordinary. You cannot be ordinary anymore. Because to have the Holy Spirit means you have God on the inside. And that means you're not ordinary. Now, how could you not have God on the inside and yet you're down with malaria? Have you ever thought about it? You think that's God's plan? You too, you cover your body. Everybody else, you, you too, they are sick. And you too, you cover your body on that bed. You are shaking, shaking the Holy Spirit inside of you. Everything is shaking. And then we say God exists. Why are we deceiving ourselves? If He exists, then we ought to know He does. You see, some people have turned Christianity to religion. Christianity is not a religion. How can I tell you this enough? If Christianity is a religion, then you see, you can change your mind anytime. Go to any other, go to Islamic religion, don't join any other thing. But Christianity is not a religion, it's not. This is something very different. This is God coming down in the flesh by himself to reach out to human beings. That could not be a religion. This is not one human being who is trying to lead others. Trying to show them something. Say, I want to show you the way. The way to serve God. The way to get to God. Let me show it to you. That's religion. In Christianity, oh God, Jesus did not come to show us the way. He is the way. Did you see that? Several leaders will tell you, I'm still searching for the way. One will say, well, I can tell you the way. They, they have never said it, that they are the way. Nobody ever said it, except Jesus. It's a profound statement from the lips of the master. He said, I am the way. Nobody ever speak like this man. How could he say he's the way? He says, I am the Do you know what that means? He says, I am the way. And he didn't stop there. He went further. He says, I am the truth. Huh? Others are saying, we are searching for the truth. We can tell you the truth. He says, I am the truth. Then he said, I am the life. That's mind-blowing. Jesus said, I am the life. Then he says, no man comes to the Father but by me. No, that doesn't sound like religion. You know what Jesus came to do? He says, I come that they might have life and that they might have it to the full. His purpose unveiled. So Jesus brought us life. And that's the life we're talking about. This supernatural life. He brought us the supernatural life. So now that he has given you the life, what do you make out of it? That's what I'm teaching you. Because you see, if you have something, if you have a weapon, and you don't know how to use the weapon, one is if you have a weapon, you don't know you have the weapon. You will suffer like somebody who doesn't have it. 
or you have a weapon you don't know how to use it you will suffer like somebody who doesn't have it you will carry the gun like this a thief will stand in front of you you may even carry the gun and say go away go away i will shoot you you can't do anything with it you're just shaking with it and they'll collect it from you and say bring it you are very stupid go on your knees and they'll beat you and deal with you and probably rob you and go out if they are they have pity enough but some of them they'll shoot you they'll kill you but that guy who has that gun and those thieves are right there in front of him and then he just brings out that gun and says now nah, all of you on your knees they say are you crazy he says i know what i'm saying Push! Ah! drop everything and go on your knees you see he has that gun and he knows how to use it the problem with many christians is that they have something some of them don't know they have it others they've heard because they've heard different preachers but they don't know how to how do i apply it that's the problem if the bible says that you have eternal life and that's what the bible says the bible says you have eternal life not when you get to heaven it says you have it here what does that mean to you what what, what will you do with this eternal life what is eternal life eternal life is the life of god okay you have the very life of god in you what do you do with it turn to first john chapter number <laughs> i love talking about john first john chapter number five ah i will never be defeated in my life first john chapter number five <laughs> you better listen for your life listen listen for your life you know some people when they come to churches like this they are not comfortable they want a place where they jump from the beginning of the service to the end they jump 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 and at the end everybody the grace of our lord jesus is there going or where the preacher just comes and says short words after the short words amen and they are going watch your life i love a service where we start pam and then we finish pam and then their life goes pam you see they love such services no i don't like some people are not used to the word of god they, they're used to the preachers when you're teaching like this they start dozing off you, you see their eyeballs but when is a preacher who is shouting and spitting cotton and fire i said god is going to do something i said god is going to do something oh shout yeah 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 yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. they love such a preacher inspires you that's all he does what does it mean to be a preacher it means to announce jesus is coming jesus is coming again jesus is coming again the same thing actually he may say several words but he's telling you one thing jesus is coming again a teacher oh yeah yeah a teacher will expound he will teach you why is jesus coming again what is this to you now what are you to do to prepare for his coming that's a teacher then he will tell you all right when he comes what will happen he will give you the detail he will teach you uh -huh. so you get some confidence okay right now so you know how to work the thing god is going to heal you today god i said god is going to heal you if you are the person slap your neighbor say i'm the i'm the you know yes but how will he do it how will you receive you see all those things need to be taught and what makes you grow spiritually truly is the teaching of the word of god 
That's why they ask some of you, you've been born again 10 years, you've not grown. They still teach you something is strange to you. These are the things you are supposed to have known. Because nobody to teach you. Let me show it to you. First John chapter number 5. Hmm. Verse 10. And I want everybody to read for me. Verse 10. Everybody, one, two, go. Come on. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Do you know the meaning of that? This is the record. This is the testimony. Alright, so read on now. This is the record that God has given to us eternal life. Does it say God will give to us eternal life? Is that what it says? Does it say in the sweet by and by, it will give us eternal life? That's not what it says. It says, ask, ask. Now when you're studying the Bible, watch the tenses. Don't miss it. Some people just read and color the whole thing and then they bring out their mind and say, God said, that's not what uh -huh. How many of you believe on the name of the Son of God? Shout hallelujah if you do. Thank you. Now let's read on. Uh-huh. That you may know. That what? That you may know that you have it. You know why he's teaching it? Because in his days there were Christians who didn't know it. They didn't know they had it. So he says, I'm writing you this. So that you will know that you have it. He doesn't say so that you will know that you will have it. He says so that you will know that he have it. He wants them to know. This is God's cry for his children. He wants his children to know that they have eternal life. The extraordinary life. He is on the inside of you right now. As you're seated there. If you're born again, you have eternal life now. Not when you get to heaven. Now. If you don't have it here, you can never get there. It's not eternal life that you have that makes you a citizen of heaven. If you don't have it, you will never have it. Now, eternal life does not mean living forever. That's the limited definition of it. It simply means the God life. So one of the features of eternal life is that when you have it, you don't die. In other words, you live forever with God. You get that? That's one of the features of eternal life. But that's not all. And they got that because they say, oh, it's the life of God. So, who's God? God is this one that lives forever, everlasting Father. So, he lives forever. So, you have eternal life, that means you're going to live forever. So, some call it everlasting life. It's okay. But that's the limited definition. Eternal life means the very life that God has in himself. He has given it to human beings. And that's the good news. God now gives his life to human beings. The Bible says, in the hope of eternal life, which God that cannot lie, promised before the world began, he promised it before the world began to give to human beings eternal life. And now he has given it to us. He says, if you have the son Jesus, you have that life. So how do you now live that life? Be conscious of it. That's the first thing. You must be conscious. If you're not, how, how does it function in this kingdom? In this kingdom, when God gives you something, you must be conscious of that thing. God does not give you anything except by his word. When God gives you something, he gives you by his word. If you study from under the Old Testament up to the New Testament, he doesn't do anything 
except by his words. When God gave Solomon wisdom, the Bible never said God rubbed Solomon's head. He didn't do anything on his head. He didn't tap him. He didn't whatever. He didn't send an angel to say, now there's an operation that will go on. Okay, so just sleep and then we tear your head open and all that. No, God only said, I have given it to you. And when God said it, he had it. The same thing, when God is going to give you anything today, he does it by his word. He only says, now look at the written word. These are the things that God said. So first, you have to be conscious of it. I am anointed. But if I'm not conscious of it, it can never bless you. That's the truth. Even if physically, you, you are seeing that anointing is oozing out like this. It's coming out like smoke. And you are seeing it like this. Say, so, ah, ah, apostle, you're so anointed. Thank you, thank you, thank you. The Lord's doing. And then I don't do anything with it. I'm not conscious of it. It will never bless you. How am I supposed to be conscious of it? The Lord said, I have anointed you. And he said to me, I will be with you. That's what he said. Whenever you minister, I will be right there with you. Now, and then several visions and visions, so you know God is with you, you are not alone, you've got the angels and all that. But with all of that, you still have to be conscious. So when I come here, I know I'm anointed. So I come here and I pronounce blessing. And then you come back with testimonies. Why? I must be conscious of it. In this kingdom, whatever you have, you must be conscious of it. If you're not conscious, you will live like an ordinary man. If you don't think that you have eternal life, and then any small thing, the first thing you think of is drugs. The first thing you think of is, ah, please use your faith for the little things. Headaches? All right. That's little enough. So still use your faith. Put your faith to work. And say, in the name of Jesus, I have eternal life in me. That's the God life. God wouldn't have headaches, will he? No. So therefore, in the name of Jesus, like this, you, you've got to go. I command you to live in the name of Jesus. Go! And turn your mind away from it. Now, there's a problem. If, after you've said it, and then you're still feeling it, is it, is it God? You see, that's where the problem is. Because that means, that's unbelief. And the Bible says in the book of James, it says, let that one who has double mind think that he will receive anything. How does it function in this kingdom? Let me give you an example. Jesus Christ of Nazareth, my number one role model, was coming one day with his disciples. And he got to this, he saw, he was hungry. The Bible says he was hungry. For those of you who didn't know that he could be hungry, he was hungry to tell you that he was a man. Okay? So he was hungry and he was coming and then he saw this fig tree. You know those kind of hunger, you understand? And then he saw the fig tree. The fig tree had leaves, meaning that he ought to have fruits. Because if he had leaves, it means that he ought to have fruits. Okay, so it means that he ought to have leaves, uh, fruits. It had leaves. And Jesus was coming. And when he came, the Bible says, aptly, he might get fruits of the tree but when he got there he was disappointed what did he do he spoke to the tree one lesson you must learn to speak to everything in your life your body your health your purse your home everything learn to speak that's number one thing don't forget it the bible said he spoke to that tree and he said no man will eat of you anymore did it happen? Let me tell you. When he said it, the tree was as fresh as it was. 
before he came there. That's what the Bible reveals. And the disciples stood while Jesus was talking. They were looking at him and they were looking at the tree. Nothing happened. So after Jesus spoke, Jesus went on. And they followed. And they were still checking the tree. Nothing has happened. They followed. Okay. But Peter, you know him. He'll never forget it. He kept that in his heart. Others said, ah, maybe they thought in there, ah, maybe it didn't work this time around. Master have spoken. He has spoken to a lot. He has spoken to a lot of things and it has always worked. But maybe this one. But it doesn't matter. Ah, since he has done many miracles, only this one will not spoil everything. Let's go. You know that's how some people are like today. Oh, Apostle says so many things. We have testimony, but this one didn't seem to. You didn't check yourself. He said, Others have testimony. You, you don't have. He said, yeah, Maybe this time around it didn't work. Let's just forget it. I still like Apostle anyway. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So they went away. The Bible says the following day as they were coming, Jesus wasn't looking in that direction. He was just going. And then these ones, Peter, trust him. He didn't forget. He said, Master. He says, The tree which thou cursest has withered away to tell you that he crammed the thing in his head. He said, The thing has withered. What did Jesus say? It has. It has all. Go on your knees and give glory to God. Is that what Jesus said? No! Jesus treated it lightly. This was his usual way of dealing with things. Do you understand? He just turned to him and said, Well, have faith in God. He said, I say unto you, Whosoever shall say unto this thing, without doubting, he says, anything he says will come to pass. He says, so just have faith in God. And he continued. I saw that I said, ah, that means you could speak to anything. Jesus proved it again and again. To live the supernatural life, your mouth must be working. For those of you that don't like to talk, your mouth must work. Because Jesus spoke to the tree, spoke to the waves, spoke to the wind. That's what the Bible shows. When he wanted to multiply the bread, what did he do? And the fishes. The Bible shows that he spoke. What did he say? Didn't you read it? The Bible says he blessed it. What does it mean to bless? Under the Old Testament, in the book of Genesis, when God, when the Bible says God blessed man, what did he say? He said, multiply and be fruitful. So when Jesus took that bread and blessed it, what did he say? Multiply. And that thing multiplied. And it fed 5,000 men. The women were not counted. And the children, and you know, according to the Jews, they one man will marry more than one, one wife and then plenty of children. So that means the children and the women were much more than the men. And those fishes, the little fish and the bread fed them. How? Speaking. So you see, you must be conscious, number one, then your mouth must work. You don't know how to talk as a Christian. How do, you, how do you voice your faith? They, all of you are together and they say, Hey, listen, the man said he's going to fail all of us. And you are there, a Christian, you kept quiet. Do you know what that meant? He has used the person that brought it, used words to program your life. That means you're part of those that will fail. You ought to speak up immediately and say, Minus one. Say, I refuse to be in that group. We don't fail in our kingdom. The man said we fail. He will fail. 
The man said it will be, and some people like to, they, they will talk, you know, why are we deceiving ourselves? Let's just say it as it is now. So they just speak. Some people, you know, that's a nepios. He speaks according to his feelings, he speaks according to what he can see. In nepios, you reach your home, your family, and things are very bad there. And you know, you this your mouth will not stay in one place. You just go about there's no rice again. Hey, hey, ah, there's no gary. Ha, ha. Hey, there's no yam. Hey, hey, hmm. nothing is in this house. So, and you want to have something, you're joking. You used your mouth, you said nothing is in this house. Listen, as a child of God, you should know that you have angels, at least one. At least one. He's not allowed in my house to say there is nothing. You know, when you're saying something like that, for the women, they would think maybe you are just using scope because you know the thing has finished. That's not the idea. It's true. That's not, that's not the idea. The idea is how could something finish in my house with all the angels? No, nothing finishes. Let me show you. See, there is no more Gary. You see, Kana. In the kingdom of God, it is wrong. Listen, maybe you never heard this before, but I want to tell you now. In the kingdom of God, it is wrong. I want to say it again. It is wrong in this kingdom to declare what you feel. It is wrong to declare what you see. It is wrong to declare the situation of things. Say, what am I going to declare? I want to tell you. You are supposed only and only under all circumstances to declare what God says. That's the only thing you are permitted to do. If you declare what you see and what you feel, you will drown yourself. In a short while, that thing, you thought the thing had just started. It has not started. You've just given it power. It will rise and drown you. You don't know how powerful your words are. Even me too. I'm confused. Huh? You're what? A Christian with the Holy Ghost? I'm confused. I'm co- we are even saying it. I'm confused. You. Is it, okay, sorry. My enemy is confused. Shut up. Why are you saying it for your enemy? <laughs> Leave your enemy alone. Why are you announcing for him? I have headaches. Apostle said we shouldn't be talking. Like, ah, okay. I thought my enemy has headaches. <laughs> Leave it. Why are you announcing for your enemy? Say, but what am I supposed to say? If I don't talk, somebody will die. You because you see, <laughs> you have to talk so that people will help you. If I don't talk now, somebody will die. Okay, what do you want me to say? What do you want me to say? Instead of confessing what you're feeling, say the word of God. Just begin to say, I refuse to have headaches. I refuse to have headaches. The other person will say, okay, you have headaches. I refuse to have headaches. It's not better to communicate that way than to say, it. I have headaches. <laughs> Glory to God. You say, I refuse to have headaches. In the name of Jesus, I reject these headaches. It cannot stay in my body. This body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. No headaches. Ah. Uh, ah. Uh-uh. Somebody should not say the truth again. You are the one who's lying. Because the Bible says, let God be true and every man a lie. And what has he said in his word? Whatever God has said in his word is the truth. You are the one who's lying. 
according to God, his child has his nature. Do you know? Hey, hey, did you know that when God looks at you, God doesn't see you sick, no matter how sick you are in that hospital? Did you know? You say, no, I don't think so. I want to tell you. If you didn't think so, begin to think so too. Now, from now. And that's the reason why you see somebody who is sick, pray to God, he's, still, he's not still healed. It's because God is not aware that the fellow is sick. And I will, I will explain in a short while. Because a lot of things, we hold God responsible for everything. Oh God, I see my sister dying, I'm not doing anything. Okay, call all them pastors. God is not aware that that fellow is sick. Can't you see? I want to tell you now. You know why? If that apostle praying the post according to the scriptures, when God looks at us, especially if you're born again, when God looks at you, He sees you, He sees you in Christ. That's the reason why you can do all those dumb things, all those commit all those sins. And you still come and stand in his presence and talk to him. And yet you're not destroyed. Because when he's looking at you, he's not looking at you. He's not seeing you. He's seeing you. He's seeing Christ. That's what it means. To be born again means to be in Christ. So that when God looks at you, he will not see you. He will see Christ. If he's looking at you, you would have been destroyed. You can't stand in his presence. Your righteousness cannot stand. That's why he gave you his own righteousness. So when God looks at you, God looks at what he has done. In Christ Jesus, as far as God is concerned, you have been healed. So no matter how much you cry for this thing, do something. He has done something. So he's sending preachers, teachers, men of God to come and teach you so that you will know what he has done. And you can take advantage of that thing that he has done. That's what we are teaching. Otherwise, we don't have to. Because look at all these things I'm saying now. You have the life of God in you. You are not supposed to be sick. Okay, so why are you still sick? You are born again, but why are you still sick? Don't you have the life? Yes, I do. Don't you have the Holy Ghost? Yes, I do. Why are you still sick? Because having it is not the end. You have to know about it. Then you have to know how to take advantage of it. Make use of it. That's the reason for teaching. Glory to God. Now, let me tell you. It's one of the questions that I asked while I started studying the things of God. I took my time. I wanted to find out. If God says we have eternal life, so why do we still experience this thing? I thought he said the life of God is eternal life. And that life is in me. So why should I still be sick? So I wanted to find out. I thought the thing should just work all by itself. It doesn't work like that in the kingdom of God. God is a God of principle. Emphatically. Let me give you an example. Jesus Christ of Nazareth, when he was a baby, how many of you remember his story? As a baby, the king gave an order that they should kill all children two years down. Jesus was a little kid. God didn't say, for that order, I'm going to show myself strong, that my son, Jesus, is one of them. So, just watch things. As he's killing and killing and killing, when he gets to Jesus, the angels, God said, just watch what I will do. Is that what God did? No. What did God do? He spoke to the father. He says, carry the young child and flee. 
Are you telling me God is afraid of that king? You see, there is a lot in the Bible you need to know. And you need to understand God's character. So when somebody who does not, is not really sound in the world or doesn't really know the Bible, he's jumping up and down at the pulpit and he's telling you, don't mind all those preachers. They will say you should. <laughs> Just leave him. Ignorance. Leave him. There are so many parts you want to understand the Bible soundly. Why didn't God? Because you know sometimes there was a time I was teaching you on the Holy Spirit and I was saying sometimes the Holy Spirit could tell you, hey, see that corner, run. The Holy Spirit could tell you when you are faced with danger, say run, run, run. And that's the Holy Spirit, not devil spirit. Why? Because the Holy Spirit knows your, your level of faith. And it works according to your faith. If your faith cannot carry to face them, it will tell you, hey, run. Don't say, I'll, I'll rebuke you, you Satan. <laughs> the next time, pow! <laughs> you open your eyes, you are in heaven. You'll be hearing, close! And God will say, all right, come in, you're so foolish. But come in, come in. <laughs> Back to what I was saying. So why did God tell Joseph, he says, carry the child, the young child, and flee? Why did he say that? Why didn't God? Because God is a God of principles. He's a God of principles. And you have to study his word to understand his principles. How he deals with us. You have eternal life. You have it in you. Yes. That very nature of God. Yes. That very life of God. Yes. But you must know how to put it to work. You must know how it functions. With all the anointing. See, I'm anointed, I know. If you don't tell me, I know. But yet, with all of it, if I get a scratch, I still have to talk to it. They say, ah, with all the anointing, you are bleeding? Ah, ah, how can you be bleeding? With all those anointing. Okay. You talk to it. Ah, listen, have you not seen people... Let me round up with this. Have you not seen people who are anointed, heavily anointed in the hospital? You, you are less anointed or you don't even have any. You go there and you lay hands on... You gather around our pastor. Oh, our pastor is a nice man. Without the anointing, sick bed. Oh, join your hands, join your hands over your pastor. He was the one laying hands on you. Now you are laying hands. Because you know why? He probably does not know how to take advantage of what he has. That's why you've asked so many questions. Why that man was a good Christian? He still went in that bus and died with others. What happened? Why that one was a good Christian? He still went on the plane and died with them. Why? Be asking questions. Because they, they don't know how to take advantage of it. God's word, God's word does not fail. And God does not lie. The Bible says Elisha, with all the double miracles, he did twice what Elijah did. How did he die? He died sick. He died. You see, two, two kinds of people. Elijah didn't see this. That's the level of his understanding. The guy was one day taken out of here. God had to send a chariot. You know what a chariot was in those days? Maybe that's like a jet here today. And there was no kind of that chariot in the whole of Israel, all over the world. Because it was a chariot of fire. Have you ever seen a jet of fire? <laughs> to let you know, it was a chariot. And the Bible says that chariot took him out of here. 
Elijah was there. He didn't have enough sense to learn. He said, ah, a chariot was taking, taking him. He only said, my father, my father. Can you imagine? Instead of him to, the all he was concerned about is the anointing, the double person. Oh, the anointing. He got it. How did he die? He died sick. The Bible says, to let you know the kind of anointing his body retained. After he was dead, the guy had been buried. After he was dead, he had been buried. The Bible shows that his bones still retain the anointing. For some of you that like to pray like that, I want Elijah's kind of anointing, that my bone can still retain the anointing after my death. You are in trouble. You don't have it. <laughs> I wouldn't say you don't have any sense. But if you have any sense, you know that that's not what you should pray about. That's not a big deal. The guy with all the anointing still died. That's what we read in First Corinthians chapter number 3. Died. He said, as men. As men, men. He died. And the Bible says, because this anointing was so much, they carried a dead guy. They, they came to bury, but they saw war broke out, so they couldn't continue. So those guys said, hey, you better run for your life now. And just threw that thing anyway. They just threw, they threw the corpse inside the grave of Elisha. The Bible says the moment the body, the bones of that man, that corpse, touches Elisha's, he came back to life. And the man too stood up and saw war and ran too. <laughs> That's how anointed he was. But he did die. He died. How? Sick. He died sick. So you see, if you have something in this kingdom, you don't know how to use it, you will suffer like somebody who doesn't have it. Huh? Why are you deceiving yourself? Huh? It's self-deception. You better use your mouth and talk. How do you learn it? You learn it from Jesus. Jesus dealt with things with words. Jesus was inside that boat. If Jesus hadn't spoken, they would have all sunk. He said, with the master there, okay. Why did Jesus speak? The thing was a rocking. And they had to wake him and say, Master, don't you care that we perish? And Jesus said, mm. Can't you see I'm here? What we have? Is that what Jesus said? Okay. He stood up. And the Bible said, He said, Peace be still. He first dealt with it before he talked to them. Because he knew if he was not hurry <laughs> quick enough, something might happen. So he said, Peace be still. Uh, hey, he now sat back and said, ah, ah, where is your faith? What is the matter with you? <laughs> so in this kingdom, when you have something, you make use of it. You take advantage of it. You work it out. Don't be inside that bus and something is about to happen, accident. And, ah, 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 and all you are doing is, ah, you are looking at God to do something. Ah, you will die with them. You are not saying, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. You will soon die. That's the truth. You don't act like that. Use the word. Don't say, Jesus. You know, a lady came to me and said, Oh, no, you know, these two guys came. They wanted to rape me. You know, and I was not shouting, Jesus, Jesus. I said, If you try that next time, you'll be sorry. Don't do that next time. Don't do that next time. He said, What do I do? Very simple. What did Jesus do when he was in that boat? He said, Peace be still. So, what do you do? You stand up. Oh, you are not able to stand up in that bus with all those things. Just say, In the name of Jesus, peace. 
and don't doubt. Say it. You say it with all boldness and say, Peace in the name of Jesus. I command this thing to stop now. In the mighty name of Jesus. If you don't learn this thing, listen, the world you are in is full of evil. Trouble. So don't say because I'm a Christian, I'm excluded. See, if anybody is telling you that, he's telling you have truths. When we tell you that you are excluded, we will teach you how to do it so that you will also not crumble or be crushed with others. There are ways to do it. Did I tell you the story of that young man after fasting? They were on fasting in their church. That evening, he had fasted. He came back. He wanted to break. Then he came in. And then he saw the younger brother. He went to the kitchen. He saw the used plates. They are still there. He has not washed the plates. So he went to meet him and said, what's the matter with you? Why didn't you wash those plates? And the guy said, are you crazy? Let me come back and see that you didn't wash the plates. Then he went out, maybe to get recharge card or something, or bread or something. By the time he came in, the guy took a knife, the younger brother, and stabbed him to death. The guy was fasting. He just came back from church. This evening time, they just finished praying in church. And he came back. He was stabbed. So what happened? Why that guy held that knife? What did he do? <laughs> Drop that thing. Drop it, oh. I will, I will beat you if I catch you. Until that one stabbed him. He said, for that one again, will you use the name of Jesus? Okay, stay there. The name of Jesus is not limited. Glory to God. So you must be smart enough to know how to take your place so that you will not, you will not be crushed with the word. So you won't find yourself going through the same thing. Now, I'm a child of God. I carry the Holy Spirit. Use it. Use it. Somebody say hallelujah. <laughs> say hallelujah. <laughs> say I'm wise. <laughs> say I'm smart. See, the word of God is working in my spirit. Word of God is working in my spirit. See, I'm full of the word. This message was produced by Supernatural Kingdom Church. To get more of our messages, call 0806-0087-643 or 0816-0114-389. Thank you and God bless you.